If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here's the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Mickey Gaffin-Stone. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Navigating Complicated Relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. I am Mickey Gaffin-Stone, your host, and I am welcoming today a very special guest, David Collier, who has a really important message for everyone. He has a story to tell you, and a number of you will recognize this. And for those of you that don't, I'd love for you to really pay attention to what he's telling you because there are people you know who are facing this. This is parental alienation, a dad's perspective. This is something that David Collier knows more about than anyone should. His story is heart-wrenching and absolutely important for all parents and educators to be aware of. The children who are subject to having one parent alienated from them by the other grow up often completely unaware of the manipulations that they've been subjected to. They believe what they hear because they really have little else to work with. Why would you not believe your parent? And what child even considers that their parent could be lying to them? So today we're going to investigate how this has impacted David, his children, and we're going to learn a whole lot from him today. So David, welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So tell me what you'd like to begin with. Where, where would you like to start your story? Oh, um, I grew up in um, a loving, safe household. Um, my parents were on the same page. Um, they were the model a uh, couple, I guess, for marriage. They met in public school and stayed together until they passed. And I had, I would say, a perfect childhood where there was no fighting. It was a calm household. Um, I could say something that I don't like my mom's cooking it to my dad, and I would get the look. And that was enough to know that I stepped over the line. Uh, they supported each other. They had each other's back. And uh, it had always been in me to be a father. It was just part of me. And uh, so I had met someone online about 1996, and we dated for a few years. There was a lot of red flags. I wasn't used to the family dynamics uh, that I saw in her uh, family. It was it was the opposite of mine. People were using people, and and it was all about how they were perceived by others. Uh, what, what kind of red flags would you say, looking back, that really stood out, you know, in, in hindsight? Because I, I appreciate that given your upbringing, you really didn't have um, a manual for what these red flags were. But what would you say they are now so that somebody listening might recognize something? I would say the lies started early like very on in the early, early stages of the relationship she would lie to my face and uh i knew there was issues in the family and i didn't realize and i didn't know anything about narcissism at the time uh, but there was a pattern in her family 
uh, matriarchal uh, families where the daughters were put on a pedestal. The boys were just there taking up space and um, having a, a different, sorry, having a different personality inside a home rather than outside to portray who they were. So at the time, how did you reconcile yourself with what was going on? Now, how did how did you uh, handle being lied to? Like, because we usually have a story for ourselves, right? Oh, right. This means that. So, what did that look like? And I started working with abused kids in '94, a couple years earlier, before meeting this girl, and I saw the ability ability for someone to change, um, to grow, and uh, so I I dragged my ex-wife to many counselors over the years and she even said after we left one meeting I swore I was going to talk about myself and that was that was her philosophy that she didn't want to deal with her past and uh it was always put back on me um and I've had counselors tell me they pull me aside saying that I was a good father that the issues in the family weren't me. Um, and I always tried to take the high road right from the beginning. Um, and I, I saw this relationship between my mother and father where they worked on things together. It was unconditional love. And when I got in this relationship, it was conditional. Um, Ooh, and yeah, that, and that, I beat, sorry, I beat myself, I beat myself up for years for not paying attention to the red flags and running. Um, I did when, when she lied to my face the first time. and um, But I took her back. She begged me to take her back. She says, I have no idea who I am. And I thought, okay, she'd want to work on that. But later she had said to me, uh, I feel like you're making me choose between my family and you. And it's always going to be my family. So having me being an important part of her life was not really in her grand scheme of things. Wow. So at what point in all of this did children come into the picture? So in 2002, we started having children. Um, and uh, we wanted to move out of the city that we were living in to raise the kids in the country. And so we moved to where we didn't know anybody. And I decided to stay, uh, stay at home dad, which my mother stayed at home and, and it was a terrific experience for me having somebody there consistent and reliable. Uh, so I stayed at home. So I was alienated from people I knew. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time because I was so consumed with being a father. It, it was, it just came natural to me being a father. Everything I did for the, was for the kids. And uh, I had an awesome relationship with my daughter. We used to be outside playing uh, with insects and worms. And she just loves that to this day. And um, by the time she could understand conversations is when I caught my ex-wife trying to alienate the kids from me now can, um, can you 
can you tell us a little bit about what parental alienation is at this point? Just in case there's somebody listening that's not clear, um, you know, I'd like to include them in the conversation too. Right. Brainwashing the child, uh, talking bad about the other parent. The first thing I remember hearing my um, ex-wife uh, telling my daughter uh, when I was firm with her that she had done something wrong, um, I heard her say uh, to my daughter, it's not you, it's him. And all I was trying to do was set boundaries for our child. Um <laughs> And um, were you able to have a conversation about that at the time, about the whole, you know, I want to set boundaries, what yeah. are you doing? Good question. Uh, because at this point in the relationship, I was controlled by my ex-wife, and I knew if I should confront her, there'd be a reaction. She would be angry. Uh, so there was abuse signs early on in the relationship towards me so uh, and then, you're walking you're walking on eggshells at this point yes okay wow that's that's really tough and when did you notice that what your ex-wife was doing was affecting children how when did you notice a difference in the kids in 2005 I went to my first counselor and this woman counselor and at the time my ex-wife was pregnant with our second child but first thing the counselor said to me was how dare you think about leaving your wife while she's pregnant so it didn't matter that I was being abused and that my child was being used against me as a pawn and being lied to manipulated it was just that I was supposed to be a, a father to stay in a relationship and I don't feel we'd ever say to a woman, why are you leaving your abusive partner? Um, you're you're pregnant with a child, his child, but he's abusive. You need to stay in that relationship. And um, So there's, there's clearly an imbalance between how uh, a male is viewed in this situation and, and how the mother-to-be is viewed. Yes. And so I left that counseling session feeling like I had no supports at all. I tried to see a counselor and, and I was being shamed for protecting myself and my child. Did you um, try again? Did you try with a different counselor or was, you know, I, I don't know how limited the options are where you are. I know some places it's very difficult to get a counselor in the first place. Right. Uh, well, our second child was born in 2005 and when he started to get older, um, and was struggling with his emotions and, and school and things. Then I did uh, start seeing another counselor and uh, my youngest did go uh, as well um, to the counselor for some play therapy. Okay. Um, so I decided that I would stay in that relationship for the kids because I had no support. The, the, the uh, shelters for men um, and their families that are escaping domestic abuse are very rare, few and far between. Right. Um, so it's important to note that's uh, yes. the lack of resources must have been so distressing for you. 
like just it, no options. Wow. What do you do with that? Yes. And because my ex-wife was so adept at pretending to be a perfect mother outside the home, my family, she alienated me from my family because they had no idea what was going on. I, I tell them, but they couldn't believe it. And with our family being as close as we are, they didn't understand um, how toxic some families can be. Right. It's, it, well, I've, I've found in my experience that, you know, working with um, different families and so on, that it's nigh on impossible to wrap your head around an experience that you simply haven't had yet, you know, a, a type of family that is just alien to, to how you were raised. And so I can imagine that was just it's very, very difficult for them to comprehend what you're saying. It, you know, the words make sense, but they don't land, you know, they're, they're right. very difficult to understand that. Yes. Yeah, so- it was hard for me as well, even though I was going through, it was hard for me to process. Right. So uh, you, being... you were basically in a position of not a whole lot of support, some simply because they didn't understand, others because they were prejudging and bringing their own agenda. And I'm thinking of that first therapist that you mentioned. I mean, as somebody who's worked in therapy, I, I'm, I'm appalled that this person would bring their their own personal agenda to the table, but I know that happens. Um, that that must have been so difficult for you. It was, and and being an empath, I, I take, I feel emotions a lot stronger, and I, I and and I feel, and I could see what the kids were going through as well, how they're being pulled in two different ways, right, uh, and it broke broke my heart that's uh, yeah it has to have done we're, we're going to go to a break in a moment or two but when we come back from that I would love to hear more about being an empath actually and how that has affected you as a parent you as a parent who's on the receiving end of a, a whole lot of manipulation um, and, and abuse like being an empath that must be extra hard so i'm just going to let the audience know that we are going to a break now but please don't go anywhere you are listening to david collier who has a really important story to share with you and um thank you for being here i am mickey gaffinstone your host of navigating complicated relationships here on the inspired choices network don't go away. We have more for you. And at the end of this session, there will be more from David about how you can get in touch with him and how he might be able to help you if you are in a similar situation. So don't go away. We will be back in just a moment. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, Tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Nikki Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to Nikki at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships on the Inspired Choices Network. Today, it's not about me. Today, it's about David Collier and his story. He's being incredibly brave to show up and share this with you. It's such a, a tough story to have lived and be living. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling it. This is just, this is a heart-wrenching story. So we're back. Previously, we were discussing how there's an imbalance between how men, fathers are viewed as opposed to the mothers and mothers-to-be and the lack of resources for men who are in this incredibly tough situation. Like when you have no support and, and you feel isolated, that has to be the toughest place in the world to be. As human beings, we're not meant to be isolated. So that is particularly tough. And Dave is an empath. So on top of that, he has a whole lot of access to other people's emotions. And we're going to hear more about that now. David, if you're ready, I would love to hear about that, please. Sure. Yeah, I I was sensitive as a child and I didn't realize as an empath until a few years ago. I didn't I didn't know anything about it. But when I started working with teenagers around 1994. Um, I think that helped me to connect with them. And I still work with teenagers in the high school and something just stands out about students. Uh, I, I know there's uh, been one boy in a school that was extremely tough and he hated men. And I had said to the teacher, well, I'll see if I can make a connection with him. And, and she said, he hates men. I doubt that it's going to happen. And uh, just by being vulnerable in the class and being able to cry about my experiences, um, he said to the teacher privately, he said, well, he's been through a lot, hasn't he? And she said, yeah. He said, well, I, I can respect that he's able to cry, open up in front of the class. And, um so I have made a great connection with that boy. And, and from the boy in 1994 that asked me to adopt him, um, that's that's what's kept me in the field. Um, I, I feel, I can feel when other kids are struggling and I've, uh, I've been able to warn administration at the school that there's something going on and, and it turns out there, there has been. Um, 
I hope it makes me a better listener. I don't always, I don't always attune to to what they're saying. I'm still learning. <laughs> and did the did the school listen to you when you go and tell them about this? Um, unfortunately, no. I I wondered. <laughs> I wondered because um, yes. It's institutions, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in the US, um, honestly, whether you're in the UK, <coughs> excuse me, they, <coughs> excuse me, yeah. I beg your pardon, they, they don't listen well. No, it's a, it's no. a common problem. So what do you do when you have this information and they're not listening to you? Uh, it's tough because you're going against... Uh, and a company that uh, has its own agenda for just making sure they're receiving money from the government and and uh, maintaining uh, status quo. And I live in a rural area, so we are not as progressive as as the larger areas. I think I uh, can understand I, that. I'm in rural yeah. Colorado, and we have. Uh, School District 1, which means it's the original school district and they're still doing things the way they wow. did them before. So oh. I, I understand that. So how does your work and interactions with your own children, how, how do they affect each other? Like, do you learn things at work that you can bring to your kids? Like, how is your relationship with your kids now? Uh, a lot of that's questions. A... <laughs> that's a long story <laughs> um, please go for well, it we have time i've learned a lot as a parent um about being a teenager about being a child in this era it's not the 80s where where i grew up in school um the, the kids I, I the one main thing i think i've learned is the kids see through the hypocrisy they see that adults are not listening, even though they say they are. Um, often adults have their own agenda. Um, and, and the kids are not being valued for what they bring into the world. Um, my children at young ages, I was surprised at their thinking process uh, and calling out hypocrisy. And for the way people are treated uh so that was very eye-opening for me and i think i respect um children more now um for their ideas and i i want to incorporate more of their ideas and uh before i spoke in cambridge this past summer i asked a class uh for ideas and and concerns they have that they wish adults would listen to uh, one of the main one was uh, social media that they feel like they have to be perfect. Mm, uh, yes, it, yes. It it's a real concern for for kids, and and they're addicted to their phones, of course, which I never had forty years ago. So, right. Uh, it's it's a different world, and I don't mean to paint schools and teachers all with one paintbrush because there's amazing teachers out there there's a lot of politics in the whole chain of command yeah but there's there there's actually a a grade eight teacher that may have saved my oldest's life uh, because she struggled in grade eight with mental health 
and the school was still like, oh, we don't want to talk about that because she was told it might be contagious. Um, <laughs> the old way of thinking. Right. Uh, but it was that teacher that went out, went out of his way to make sure my daughter was listened to when she couldn't talk to her parents. And he went to the hospital to visit her more than once. Um, Those teachers so, can make all the difference. They really can. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And right now in Ontario, the government wants to have the teachers uh, tell families when the children are using different pronouns at school. The, the government wants the parents to know about that. There's a lot of students that come to school for a safe place away from home because we don't know what's going on there. Yes. Or yes. How, how bad it is. Um, so the kids need that privacy mm. because there's still a, a, a very conservative idea that a, a child is supposed to be the way some adults want them to be rather than loving them for who they are. Yep. Yep. That's, that's a very vulnerable population too. Extremely vulnerable. Um, I, I just want to mention, because this is something that I've noticed um, in myself and in other people actually, is when you have experience of abuse, particularly to do with children, whether it was you as a child or whether you've witnessed that or, or you know, had it up close and personal kind of thing, there, there are a couple of ways that you can go with that. And one is you perpetuate it, the, the cycle keeps going. And the other one is to do what you have done and become a child advocate, become a really strong sort of person who is there for the child who who hears them who sees them and who recognizes that you know they are not just to be moved from point a to point b and told what to do that that's not a life that's not how you handle kids so i see that you have taken this this horrible experience this this trauma and and you're turning it into a wisdom into a benefit that you can bring to other kids. And I just want to recognize that in you right now and say, you know, this, this is an amazing thing that you're doing that from your pain, you're bringing something positive for other kids and, and that should never be underestimated. So I want to thank you for that. That's an amazing thing you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. It, and when I started working with kids, I was appalled by, what their childhood was like, what adults did to them. Uh, and so I was, I want to use my privilege of the childhood I had that was almost perfect um, and compare it to what some children suffer now and let them know it's not supposed to be that way. Um, adults are failing kids in, in many ways and, uh, um, it breaks my heart that, and at the, uh, at the end of my marriage, I became angry when the separation was finally signed off. I was angry, not angry at my ex, but angry that, well, not angry for the, the marriage, what she did to me, but what she did to the kids, 
The yeah. kids never asked to be put in that position. Right. Their life could could be different. Their kids don't have to go to counseling because of or shouldn't have to go to counseling because adults issues. Yeah, I find that that happens. Well, way more often than it should. But, you know, my mind just went to court processes and courts never ask the kids. They really don't. Mm. At least that was my experience growing up. I'm, I'm the child of two divorces. And, you know, neither time did anybody ask me what I thought on the subject or where I wanted to be or where I felt safe. And I don't see that that has changed in the the interim like it just doesn't improve people are not looking at the kids they're not asking the kids and I think your perspective is so valuable here that you know I, I would love for you to make as much noise as possible about this in as many places as possible so that people somebody somewhere starts to get the picture on this one I mean it is it's so important and I just need to let you know we do have another break coming up and I'm so glad you have more story to share because this this is such uh, an emotive subject. You know, I, I'm I'm really feeling it, and I'm very sure the listeners are feeling it. And I can see that you are too, and of course you are. <laughs> so thank you for being brave and showing up. And listeners, please don't go anywhere. We have more for you, and David is going to have ways for you to contact him and to get in touch and find out what kind of resources there are for you or what he's tried and what worked and what didn't. So hang in there. We will be right back after this break on navigating complicated relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, Tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I was just waving my phone at you to show you that you can find us on the Inspired Choices Network on your app and carry us with you because there's lots of awesome shows. And this one in particular is 
I think it's the first show that we've done of this kind. And I think we need more of this, don't you? I would love feedback from listeners. You can email me, mickey at gaffinstone.com. You can contact me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or um, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. That's basically where you can find me. And David is going to tell you in a moment where you can contact him. So get your pens out, have your paper ready. And we're going to dive right back in with the question of, I I mentioned it before, but then we kind of ran off on other things. What is your relationship like today with your kids? Uh, I was separated in uh, 2019. I realized in, in 2015 how bad the abuse was getting. So I asked for separation in 2019 because I saw the kids being put in the middle of this. And it was blatantly in front of the kids. She was using the kids as pawns. And I thought, if I leave, then maybe she'll stop using the kids. Uh, It unfortunately got worse. So the relationship with my oldest... um, who I had a terrific relationship with before. It's been strained. Uh, Time will tell if it can be repaired or not. Uh, My my youngest struggled during COVID in in school. So I asked for a transfer when we went back into the schools so I could see where he was struggling and see where I could help. And it, was actually beneficial for the relationship and my youngest now sees who I am and the relationships uh, still intact. So that was uh, the best move for me there. Right. Do you get to see your oldest very much at all? I'm sorry, Uh, that's a really painful question, but no, no. It's hard because I think she needs space right now. Uh, So I'm not seeing her at the moment. I I tell my kids I love them. Uh, Every time I see them, I have since they were little. And hopefully my oldest will, with some space, um, will realize maybe what she was told in the marriage by her mom wasn't all true. Right. Uh, Yeah, it's... Do they ever ask you about the things that they've been told? I mean, it can be difficult to know where, you know, something is out of line in order to ask. I, I know this is a child who's experienced the alienation, um, and, and I didn't realize about the alienation. I didn't realize what was going on until I was much older. And Mm. it was quite a shock to me. And I had to reconcile, oh, okay, this parent who I thought these things about was actually manipulating me over here. And it's, it's a lot for a child to process. So, and I didn't know to ask those questions. Do your kids know that? Do they, you know, have they shown you that at all? I get the sense they've been manipulated by their mother into 
listen to what mom tells you, but don't ask questions. And um, yes, avoid the truth. Right. Uh, I, so I, I that, had that may take a while. It might take a while. I, I've had many people say it, it's going to take a few years, probably, but uh, the oldest will come back around. I'll keep my fingers crossed and I won't close any doors. And I said to my oldest that uh, um, that I, I love them unconditionally. And, and uh, if they want to disown me, that's up to them. And, and uh, yeah, I, it's it's amazing to see this from being in it now because I never would have, would, would have imagined uh, what it was like. And in, in 2000, what was it? 2000, uh, 2019, uh, it was October 27th. It was a Sunday. I got, I had moved out hoping that my ex could keep the house for the kids. Um, and I, so I couldn't afford at the time to, see the kids it was killing me not to have the kids in my day in my day-to-day -day life not to be there full time uh, i got tired of the hamster running around the wheel and the thoughts not stopping and so th that sunday morning i i tried to end my life um wow and it was the next morning that i had a total change of of thinking I thought how dare I and my life because somebody abused me how dare I take my children's father away from them I don't I don't care what lies they've been told it it doesn't change the fact that who I am and that I'm their father too too many people were uh too ready to buy the story of my ex-wife about me being a, a terrible father um, because we hear that too common. Um, right. And, and people are very quick to believe the, um, the negative, you know, they, they yes. look to that. I'm sure you found when your marriage ended that people were very quick to take sides and decide who was to blame and, and, to me, this is a fascinating process because it's none of the damn business. They're not in there. You know, they're not right. in the marriage, but people do this. And it's, yes. you know, it's very easy to say, oh, he, he was a terrible parent. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see he would be. You know, yes. just, people don't think they just jump. And and my lawyer said to me, she said, if I didn't know your story, I would believe her. She's such a good liar. Right. And that's what I that's what I ran up against. Yeah. Uh, having to prove having to prove who I was uh, I think I think sometimes with someone the way you're just describing your ex-wife it sounds like she probably was able to believe herself you know sometimes people tell lies in such a way that they convince themselves and that is an unstoppable force you know when that person really believes the nonsense they're saying there's no chink in the armor, you know, there's nothing you can do to get through. And you just left wondering what just happened and why is this happening? This this is a long period of time for you to have been going through this. Like, wow, 
That's a lot to handle. Eh, um, I didn't realize it was 20 years. And I didn't realize how bad the abuse was until my first night that I moved out. I remember lying in bed at night thinking I felt safe for once in many years. Wow. That's when I knew that the abuse was bad. I felt the door is locked. I'm not going to be belittled. I'm not going to be talked down to. Um, and then I felt safe. So that's when I knew. And I am diagnosed with PTSD now because of the abuse. Right. Um, and so, but through all that, I, I, I'm more angry about the innocent kids being put in this. It, Absolutely. It's, I, it's I, not fair for them. I, it creates a whole cycle for them that they either perpetuate or break, right? Yes, and I, I've been told my ex-wife wanted the kids' love uh, for her and only her, and that validates who she is as a person, is how she looks as a mother. Um, and we we hear about deadbeat fathers. Well, why am I being alienated when I that was in me? That was who I was. I was a father, and I was an involved father. I everything I did was for the kids. Right. Uh, and still, it, it it breaks my heart to think about what my kids have gone through, and and what kids go through that I see at the school every day. Uh, I, I go to bed thinking about them. So for people who are listening to this, I would love for you to consider the things that David's telling you, because there are if you, if you're a teacher or if you have something to do with schools. You have your own kids, grandchildren, however you come across children and however you come across their parents, you can't necessarily believe what you're hearing. And you can more or less get from the children, though, how they're behaving, because behavior is communication and the child will show you what's going on for them. If you're in a position to have some influence over a child, please listen, please look and pay attention to that kid because there could be a situation like David's describing and that child doesn't need to be isolated anywhere any more than he does. You know, this is not um, something that we can walk away from if you recognize it. And if you're in a relationship where you're recognizing some of the signs that David's talking about, if you're walking on eggshells and you you don't call your spouse out for something because they're going to, you know, shred you then these are some red flags and you need to seriously seriously consider what you're going to do about this and hopefully find a counselor that's not judgmental um i'd also love for you to get in touch with david so let me ask him to give you his contact right before we have a break that's coming up and then we'll do it again at the end because i really want you to know how to get in touch with him to find out more about what you can do in your situation what his experience has been and you know what's next what are you looking at so david how how would people get in touch with you thank you my email is db.colliere at icloud.com and i've started a website that's up and running but it's not complete yet it's dbcollier.com great and what will people find on that website I'm going to have some links about parental alienation, narcissistic abuse, uh, places you can go. Um, you can talk, contact me. I've been told that I'm a 
a dog with a bone when I get something in my head. I would imagine so. This is great information. So if you didn't get to write that down, don't worry. Don't go anywhere. We're going to have a quick break. And when we come back, David's going to be able to repeat all of that for you again. So make sure you have your pen, paper, notepad, whatever it is you're using ready. And we will see you in just a minute or two here on Inspired Choices Network with Navigating Complicated Relationships. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am speaking with David Collier today. He is my special guest. And boy, is he bringing some important news for you today. His story is one that's untold so many times by fathers who are being alienated, shunned, and you know marginalized because there are, there are no resources. There's nothing out there for them. And there's no platform to hear their side. Today, David has that platform, and I'm going to ask him to again tell you how to get in touch with him. And that website that's going to be a fabulous resource for anybody who's interested, anybody who's got concerns about a narcissistic relationship or concerns about their children, somebody else's children, alienation. There's going to be a lot of information on that website. So, David, give it to us once more. The website is DB Collier. C-O-L-L-I-E-R.com. And my email is db.c-o-l-l-i-e-r at icloud.com. Perfect. And I would love for people to get in touch with David, please. And to offer support, you know, to, to show support for the things he's been vulnerable enough to share with us today, because not everybody's brave enough to do that. And not everybody has the, the possibility to share this kind of deep emotion with you so you know if show them some love go and send some messages of support if you have questions ask questions if you have information that he could add to his website do that too you know david's in canada but this problem is not just in canada it's in the us as well let's share some resources so what have you found that's helped you david apart from your your own sort of ability to transfer from one place to another to be closer to your son and you know power to you for doing that that was a, a really crucial move and not many people perhaps could do that but what what would you recommend people try i i felt the best thing for me was to step back when i saw the children being involved in the separation being used as pawns and being pulled between each parent i stepped back let the children make their decisions when they want to spend time with a parent uh, and, and how long. 
let them make their decisions and just be myself. The kids know me uh, before separation and I, I don't want to change um, post-separation. I know it's it has changed me. Uh, that whole 20 years of abuse has changed me and I'm not the same person. My oldest did say, and I don't know whether it was coming directly from her or she was being prompted to say, but she says, I don't know you anymore. But she's not taking the time. My oldest is not taking the time right. to get to know me again. Uh, if you're in this situation, I would say start documenting things in case you ever need it. Uh, if you can, hide that documentation. I had to create a drawer, a secret drawer under some shelves to keep journals about the abuse. And safety is key. If you feel your safety is at risk, please look for somewhere safe for the children and yourself. Unfortunately, it's not as easy for a male to find a shelter. Um, for me, at the time, it wasn't an option. So I, I think that was part of the reason why I decided to stay in that relationship. Uh, right. Get some legal advice. Uh, there's so many resources on the internet. Um, but I think it comes down to if there's children involved, just let them know who you are and, and that you love them. Right. So you'll have these kind of resources on your website as, as you come across them. I think that's amazing. And I'm definitely going to direct people to you for this because it's it's crucial. I love that you said give space because, again, my own experience as a child was I was literally one day my parents were fighting over me and I was literally in the street with one holding one arm and the other holding the other arm and pulling me in different directions physically. And that kind of memory doesn't go away. And having both parents doing that doesn't help anybody make decisions, you know, and especially a child. And I think I was about seven at the time. So, you know, uh, it, it didn't do anything useful. So having the wherewithal and the ability to, to give a little space, that's not easy to do. That cannot be easy to do. But I, I think it's a good strategy to try in the absence of, you know, robust support from other people. Yeah, that would that would be amazing. So we have just a few minutes left. What else would you love for people to know um, that would either help them or that you haven't yet told us of your story? I think we need to listen more to the children. Uh, when they come to school, they feel more comfortable to tell us how they're feeling. Right. And they don't often feel that comfortable at home. I think as a parent, that's one of the best things we can do for our kids is to actually listen to them and find out who they are as people. Uh, being in Canada, I often see parents who think their child is going to be the next hockey star, hockey star, another Wayne Gretzky or not pushing their child into being an NHL star. Um, just trying to think of what I haven't mentioned. Um, 
Well, while you're thinking of that, I, I'm just going to jump in and say, you know, I, I love the passion that I'm hearing from you about helping others. And I'm wondering if you'd be able to put something together where you can go into schools and on teachers' um, professional development days, you know, present your talk to them and, and give them, you know, access to your website, give them information so that they know what they're looking at for kids because parents, the ones who are being alienated know they have a problem. The ones who are doing the alienation probably don't think they have a problem, but the teachers are uniquely positioned to see these children and to to maybe make a difference. Social workers too. Like I, I would love to see you go into these different places and give your talk. And, you know, maybe you and I can talk about this later because I'd, I'd love to see how we could arrange that. I think it's powerful and it's, you know, you, you could make a difference in that way, too. And I'm thrilled you've got this website setting up. That's that's just amazing. So last things that to say, because we just have a couple of minutes left, literally. One of the things that um, I see is very promising is there's not so much toxic masculinity in kids these days uh, that is being handed down from generation to generation. Uh, my youngest is is an empath as well. And he's not afraid to say, I love you. And he's not afraid to hug me in public. Uh, right. And it's awesome to see because there's too much uh, generational abuse that I see in, in that toxic masculinity. Uh, because in the end, you're just telling kids you love them and that they matter and that whatever, whoever they are and whatever they bring into the world matters. It does. And I, I, I love that you're bringing this to the fore right now. And I, I have to say, I have two boys and we still tell each other pretty much every day that we love each other. I don't live with them. Mm. They're, they're actually in Canada and I'm in the U.S., but, mm. you know, we have that connection and they don't have the toxic masculinity going on. Mm. And I agree with you. I think there's less of that. And boy, that is a good move. That is a very mm. good move. So yes. once again, I just, we have a few seconds. What's that website again? DB Collier, C-O-L-L-I-E-R at, uh, com, And the email is db.collier at icloud.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming today, David. Been Thank been you for valuable. listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationship Show. Mickey returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey, and with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.